This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Mary, the mother of Jesus, played a central role in the Christ's first advent to earth. Let's take a closer look at her service to God as we consider what we are to be doing while we wait for the Lord's second advent. Please stay with us as we continue our series, Ready or Not, Here I Come. Today's message is entitled, Present Yourself Available. In the Apostles' Creed, Christians profess... Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. While we wait for his return, what would Jesus have us do? We'll hear the answer for that question during our time together today. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we prepare ourselves to celebrate the Savior's first arrival in the next couple of days, Stir up our hearts today to prepare the way for his return in glory and power. Use your word today to set us straight so that we might walk in your ways. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord's with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Dear friends, Jesus once told a story to his disciples about a master who left his servants in charge of his house, each with his own work and commands until his return. They were to stay awake, he said, lest he come home and find them asleep. Jesus said, I want you to consider yourselves to be like those servants while you wait for my return, because the Son of Man is coming again. The question for us is, what should God's children, God's servants, be doing as we wait for the return of Jesus? That's what we've been looking at these last couple of weeks. 
We learn the answer to that from our story for today about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Over the centuries, you know, Christians have wondered, what are we to do with Mary? After all, she's the mother of Jesus, some special status there, right? We know that she's been revered and venerated in the Catholic Church and even prayed to. She's been somewhat passed over, I believe, in the Protestant tradition, perhaps in response to that. But there is really something helpful and important to be learned from Mary and her experiences with God, as we see in today's text. So who was Mary? She was a teenager living in the village of Nazareth. Not really any authority or power to call her own. She was betrothed to a man named Joseph, who was descended from the house of David. We learn from this story she was a virgin. She was an ordinary girl who was tapped on the shoulder to do something extraordinary for God. And in today's passage, we read Gabriel, the angel's announcement to her, Hail, O favored one of God, the Lord is with you. Favored means grace. Gabriel saying, basically, God is showing you some grace, Mary. You are favored. You are graced by God. He went on to say, you shall bear a son and shall name him Jesus. He will be called great, son of the most high. The Lord will give him David's throne, just as God had promised King David back in the Old Testament days. What's interesting here is Mary's response. First, she asked a question, inquiring how this could happen. She said, how can this be? I am a virgin. I've had no sexual relations with a man. The angel went on to explain to her that the child would be conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. This would be a virgin birth, because nothing is impossible for God. After hearing that answer, she responded with this marvelous statement that has been revered over time. Here am I, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary was presenting herself to be available for service to the Lord. Not sure where this would take her in life. It's kind of like handing a blank check over with her signature on it saying, go ahead, use my womb, use my life to be a parent to this Savior. And God did use her for his purposes. By the way, this was no short-term mission trip for a couple weeks. This was a mission that lasted a lifetime, and it was not an easy thing to do. She did become pregnant, having to experience the condemning looks and rumors amongst her fellow villagers of Nazareth. The sadness and hurt in Joseph's face when he heard of the pregnancy. And what about her parents? What kind of disappointed looks did she receive from them? She gave birth in the most inconvenient and uncomfortable of circumstances. She wound up having to fear for his life and hers as well. After his birth, as they were warned about King Herod, they had to run for refuge to escape the slaughter of the infants that Herod had ordered to get rid of Jesus. 
They lived as refugees in a foreign land. She raised him up and took care of him, and that's no easy task either, and worried about him as a child, as parents do. We even read of her experiencing the great anxiety of losing track of him as a 12-year-old in the city of Jerusalem. We know that she went through the heartache of watching him leave home to do this ministry. And the worry and maybe even the embarrassment of listening to people around her question her son's sanity, wondering about it herself when Jesus left her standing at a door when she came to fetch him home one time. And of course, what about the horror and the despair of that day we now call Good Friday? Watching her beloved son beaten and humiliated, nailed to a cross. There's the grief of Friday evening and Saturday. She must have winced as she remembered the words of the old priest Simeon who said to her at her son's circumcision, A sword shall pierce your own heart, Mary. Have you ever wondered or thought she would be great to ask her this question, Mary, was it worth it? Was it worth it? There had to be great joy within her heart as she heard the surprising news of his resurrection, right? He's alive again. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's a new day. I'm going to see my boy again. She experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in the upper room before Pentecost, or on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and she was gathered with many who were waiting. She saw this movement take off that first Pentecost. And what about that song right after the announcement to her? Did that song play in her head after the resurrection? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He's shown his strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. She saw the pain. She experienced it. She experienced the grief, the inconvenience of it all. But I believe in my heart of hearts, Mary would in all likelihood say in answer to our question, I truly do see that I was favored. I was given grace by God when he gave me the privilege of serving him with my life, being the mother of Jesus. Yes, it was worth it. It was a privilege, and I'd do it all over again. So back to my original question. What are we to be doing while we wait for Jesus to return? And Mary is our example today. The answer is, we present ourselves available for service to God, who presented himself available to serve us through the first arrival of his son, Jesus. What about you? We know about Mary, but what about you? As you look back on your own life or carefully examine your present life, 
Would you say that you've presented yourself available for service to him in grateful response to all he's done for you? After all, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a beneficiary of his service to you at the cross, aren't you? He emptied himself out for you when he entered the world that first Christmas and became man, and then he went to the cross to pay for your sins. He's your servant king. This Jesus who said, I came not to be served, but to serve who washed the feet of his disciples in an upper room before his crucifixion and instructed his followers, I have simply given you an example, wash each other's feet. This is what life in my kingdom is all about. This is part of God's overall redemptive plan for those he has favored, serving others in my name. So join me in doing this. So have you presented yourself on call for his bidding. And have you discovered, like Mary, that though it's not always an easy thing, serving God's purposes is a privilege and a joy. It's grace, and it's worth it. It's important to ask ourselves a question like this because it's so easy these days to get mixed up and lose our way as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, we live in a day when people bounce from one church to the next, asking that consumer question, what are you going to do for me? When the question God longs to hear his people say is, what can I do to advance God's cause in the world through this church and other venues as well? Have you committed yourself to be the Lord's yes woman or yes man? To say, use me. For instance, have you committed yourself to to be a yes person in his church? Like Sharon and Dave who work with the children's ministry so that kids can grow up with the best chance of connecting with Jesus and following him. Or like my friend Ralph, a retiree who still works with youth ministry alongside of parents, bringing young people up to know Christ. Or like Julie, who has taken on the responsibility of leading a women's Bible study group. Or Dewey, who leads a men's group and made the commitment to study and prepare and pray for the people that they are leading. Or like Dick, who gives 20% away to support the ministry of our church, who reasons the Lord has blessed me so. I trust him. I love him. How can I do anything less? Or like Brian, a busy dentist, successful guy who still makes time to mentor young adult men in their walk with Jesus Christ within our church. Have you committed yourself like Ingrid, who uses her cooking skills to serve meals for adults who are taking a course on the basics of the Christian faith on Thursday nights, and we serve a meal to them? Or like Deb, who faithfully goes down to the food lines and prepares meals and serves them 
in downtown St. Paul, or, or like Heidi, who sends cards and notes to those who have lost loved ones, letting them know that they are not forgotten, but are prayed for. Have you committed yourself to do his bidding to be available for ministry in his world? Like Kathy and Carol, who make quilts for Lutheran World Relief, they pay for these out of their own pockets. Or like Keith, who uses his carpentry skills for Habitat for Humanity. Or Elaine, who f- serves food on the midway to those who are uh, food insecure. Or Dave and Claudia, who work a food pantry among the low income in downtown. Or Rick Sorensen, who does dentistry in Honduras. Or Dick Wilson with the Gideons, who goes off to other parts of the world to hand out Bibles and share the gospel. Or like Deb who runs the teams that serves meals, or, or, or Larry and Pam who volunteer down at Union Gospel Mission working with homeless men and women, or Phyllis and Hans doing nursing home ministries and visits and service, like Carrie who sees her home as a lighthouse for the kids in her neighborhood where people can come in and see and experience God's love and hospitality when they enter her home. Opportunities for service abound. I have barely scratched the surface. There is a world around us that is in need of people who, like Mary, are dedicated to being God's yes people, always ready for service in order to bring others, to serve others, to love others into the kingdom of God, into a saving relationship with Christ Jesus, the servant king. Jesus once commented to his disciples rather sadly, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Each of us, friends, is a missionary on call. If you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're a missionary right where God has you. You don't have to travel to another part of the world to do this. It means being missional right where God has placed you. You live in a mission field. Look around. The fields are white. And God can use the ordinary, like in this story today, to do extraordinary things for his glory and his honor. And so that's the appeal from God's word today to you. Present yourself available to him for service starting right now. Tell God, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant, saved by the servant king himself, Jesus Christ, saved for serving his purposes in this world, reporting for duty, Father. Use me. Help me to see the people around me that I can serve in your name. And I promise you this, when God hears you ask that, he will gladly honor that request. Present yourselves available to God's service. That's our message today. Amen. Would you bow your heads and join me in this prayer? Almighty and merciful God, who on that first Christmas gave us a Savior, 
who lived the life of a servant himself as he poured himself out for our sakes even to the cross, we present ourselves available for service to you this day. Use us for your holy purpose. Empower us to walk in Christ's footsteps as faithful servants, preparing ourselves and the world for his return. Amen. Receive the benediction now. Now may God, who has given us Jesus, our Savior and Lord, continue to shed his divine grace upon you, leading you into eternal love and service today and in all the days to come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to always be ready for service like Mary in order to bring others into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, the Servant King. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by our listening family. As we reflect on the past year, we express a special thank you to each of you who have sent a financial gift and prayed for our ministry. Both are vital for the important work of the gospel message and opening hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and like our page. Invite your friends to like us as well. You can also find both an audio and printed version of today's program and past programs on the Internet. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. If you'd like to help with the financial responsibilities of this ministry, you are encouraged to contact us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Or our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Rev. Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. From all of us here at Christian Crusaders, we pray you have a blessed Christmas and a happy, healthy New Year.